0: Like, yep, the boy says, went up in the garage.
1: Welcome to episode 81 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett,
0: and with me is... Miguel Garza! I'm not rocking today. Not rockin today. <laughs> no. I'm all serious, man. Our guest is rocking today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm we, nervous. We have a great guest on the
1: show, uh, Mr. Cullen Bunn. How are you doing today? I'm all right, guys. How are you? Doing swell. Happy to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> uh, this has to be one of the few interviews that I'm, I don't know, antsy a little bit. I'm kind of like, I, I don't, where, I'm where lost. I'm <laughs> Okay. I, you know, me, I, too. I, me, me too. Me <laughs> too. No, it's all about you. That's why I'm all like, uh, I'm. I can you're all you're words. pretty much his favorite writer, Colin.
2: I better be. <laughs> Wait, a Wait a minute. Well, then who's your favorite writer? Hold on a second. This uh, this may derail right away. You're
1: no, up. Just... You're up there. You're uh, you're tied with Perlmutter. <laughs> right, okay. All right. If I'm up there. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk some comics because that's what we're here for. Okay. Uh, what were your top two books this week, Miguel?
0: Uh, number two was Mythic. Number two.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil Hester and John McCrae. It's actually my number two as well.
0: That's a great book. It's so much fun. Mountain with a cloud. Come on, man. What else can you ask for?
1: It's a really bizarre book. It's all about this team of uh, paranormal investigators. They go around, they fix problems with paranormal entities that are causing havoc in the real world. And uh, in the first book, you'll remember that it wasn't raining in this valley. Uh, there was a cloud that refused to rain because its lover, the mountain, had stopped uh, <laughs> making it feel romantic, you know? <laughs> so they showed up, and one of the guys had a demon built into his tooth, which they summoned by knocking the guy unconscious and planting it in the ground. Well, when the demon came out, they sent it to attack the cloud in this issue, which made the cloud defend its woman, the mountain, and then the two of them ended up uh, reuniting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> In a very
1: interesting way, which caused it to rain. (laughs) So you can kind of see how the mythical things tie into that. You also have a side story going on with uh, these robotic people that are trying to take over humanity.
0: Think about that for a little bit. Okay. So the mountain is the woman. Yeah. And the cloud is the man. Yeah. And it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it was a really
1: good book. Yeah. If you haven't read Mythic, I highly recommend checking it out. It's, it's kind of weird, kind of wacky, but it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. It was fun. Watch the cloud kick the demon's butt all over the place. Smacked <laughs> his head off. It was pretty freaking awesome.
1: Have you read that one, Colin? Uh,
2: not, I haven't read that issue. No. Uh, it is a great book. I, uh, I don't get to the comic shop as frequently as I used to, especially I just got back from a convention this week. So, uh, Heroes so Con. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How was that for you? Uh, it was great.
2: It was great. Um, I got hit with a little bit of con crud afterwards, but uh, I avoided con flu for you know, the first part of the year, and then I went to a convention in Memphis and came back with con flu, and I got over that, and I went to Heroes Con, and I came back with con flu again. So uh, uh, that's the only negative. That's the only downside about Heroes Con, is I got a little sick afterwards.
0: That's never
1: fun. <laughs> no.
0: Well, let's keep things going. Uh, what was your number one, Miguel? Number one was Deep State number seven. You know, by Justin Jordan. And uh, next time we talk to him, I'm going to be like, what in the world, man? <laughs> I'm actually right
1: there with you. I think we're mirroring each other today because that was my number one as well. I was lost. <laughs> I'm still lost. That's why I'm like, dude, what? Who's who anymore? <laughs> well, it's all, it's all about this covert operation spy thing going on. Uh, there's the guy who's recruited the girl. And in the first arc, they fought against these aliens that had come down from a Russian space station and crash landed in the small town and were taking over people like with this weird symbiotic thing. Uh, but they defeated them and they managed to escape. And now they're trying to track down this hacker who has all this information on the other people that are part of this agency. And there's a huge twist in this issue that I don't want to give away. But all I can say is that it was just incredible.
0: Like I said, I'm really confused. <laughs> I mean, I confused pretty easily, but uh, I was really confused after reading that one. <laughs> I got to read it again.
2: Confused in a good way.
0: Yes. Right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Kind of like when we talked to Ellis last week. You got to read some books twice to you get do. the whole meaning and figure out what the hell's going on. Sometimes you do. Have you been reading that
1: one, Colin?
2: Uh, again, I've read the first uh, three or four issues, I guess, of it so far, but uh, I'm, I'm a little behind.
1: Okay. Well, it's 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 really good. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: it's a, it's a great book. Justin's a great uh, imaginer. I mean, he has a lot of great ideas that uh, that I love to see uh, come together on the page.
0: I'm just waiting for the spread to break out in Deep State. I'm just saying,
1: <laughs> <laughs> crossover kind of thing. Exactly right. <laughs> Okay, well then, uh, what was your pick of the week this week, Miguel?
0: I got a funny feeling we're going to be the same on this one.
1: I think so, too. Pick of the week is going to be Hellbreak. Number four. I'm I'm right there with you.
2: That's my pick, too. That's my pick, as well.
1: (laughs) It's written by this guy named Colin Bunn. I don't know. Anybody heard of him? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it's a great issue, man. We absolutely love it. We love the series. Uh, We've been reading it since issue one. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, because I'd like for you to tell our listeners what Hellbreak is all about
2: yeah no uh i'm i'm happy to uh hellbreak is uh, it's sort of an action adventure comic with a supernatural twist uh th- it follows a crack special forces team uh that is tasked with going into hell and retrieving lost souls uh so there is an infinite number of hells uh every time you go in it's different uh it's always awful but always different and uh this this group has found a way to uh access these different hells and they're able to enter hell and then return from hell with, uh, with lost soul, souls in tow uh, and they're, they're, they're doing this uh, as part of an exorcism ritual they' they're sort of the on the ground you know boots on the ground part of an exorcism uh, so while an exorcist is expelling a demon that's uh, housed in someone's body uh, this team is going out finding the uh, the soul of the person the demon has cast
1: out and it's never easy <laughs>
2: no it always it always goes wrong you know every mission is uh has its own complications and uh in issue four you know it's the uh you know 18th or 19th you know mission for this team but it's the you know one of the first couple that we're seeing uh and it's going poorly for them right off the bat
0: you get that feeling like it's got some dante's inferno stuff going on in there you know what i mean
2: Oh yeah, that that hat you know that was definitely an influence. Um, I just took it you know instead of nine circles of hell, I I took it to an infinite extreme, and in that there's an infinite number of hells. Uh, so yeah, you know one time you they go into hell and it's this vast cavern system. The next time it might be a you know an urban sprawl or uh, or 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 a battlefield in the you know in the middle of an endless war. Uh, there's there's a there's really no limit to the awfulness that they will uh, that they will have to endure on their missions.
1: I had, I had a question about the many hells. Uh, is yeah. is the hell that they're visiting each time to try to retrieve the soul? Is that the hell for the person that's being imprisoned, or is it just a general hell?
2: <clears throat> it's a general hell. I mean, it, it, up till this point, it's a general hell. I mean, I'm not saying you might not find a. Uh, a uh, personal hell uh, somewhere along down the line but uh, for now uh, they've been going to sort of a, a more general hell they've got technology that allows them to track people so they can find out where they've been uh, you know where they've been cast to but uh, but so far it's all it's it's more of a general than a personally created version of hell
0: i know why and i can tell you why he's my favorite guy it's because he is dark and twisted because you think about it listen to these titles hell break the Empty Man, Harold County. Need I say? You have a darkness about you that I love, and that's why I'm such a big fan of your books.
2: Well, yeah, I, I think uh, you know I, I came from a, you know, I'm a horror guy. I was I was into you know writing horror for a long while, and and I think even you know everything I work on has sort of that, that horrific bend to it. So uh, you know you're going to see uh, see darkness in, in almost everything I, I work on. I think.
0: I swear, at times I think you were in my life. <laughs> somebody's story like, whoa, was he there?
2: <laughs> that's why it's that's where the darkness comes from, is peering inside your life. Oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I put it this way. When you can get someone who doesn't really read comics, really enjoy your books, that's saying something. My wife is a big time <laughs> horror fan and she doesn't read a lot of comics per se. She's a Wonder Woman fan, but she likes your stuff. So when you grab people oh, awesome. like that, that tells you, you know, you're doing a great job. I mean, you're doing a magnificent job. I love Hellbreak. Justin will tell you there. Some of our fans have started a little game that every time I talk about demons, warlocks, witches, <laughs> you take a drink.
2: <laughs> so, uh, oh, well, I wish you guys had told me. I would have brought something down with me.
1: <laughs> we should just on this episode say every time that word hell is mentioned. Because I think we said hell about 300 times <laughs> in the first five minutes.
2: Well, yeah, well, also, if you talk about my books, you're going to say that just by naming some of the titles. So it's, it's a joke around some of my uh, collaborators that I have a bunch of books with hell in the title. So, uh, you know, 13-year-old me. I never grew out – I'm, I'm stuck in 13-year-old Cullen world when it comes to titling books, so so hell features a lot.
1: <laughs> well, at least it's not Hell County. I mean, that would have been <laughs> a little much.
2: That might have been on the list, though. I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: let's, let's talk about Harrow County then. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not done yet. Okay. Well, sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, now you made me lose my mind. Jesus. <laughs> I made you lose your mind? You <laughs> made me lose my mind again. My question, my train of thought here. I can't speak today, okay? I am I'm, I'm in awe right now, okay? This is I'm a serious fanboy here, okay? You understand? I know. Okay, thank it's you. That's fine. <laughs> now, we're gonna hit religious now. We're gonna get a little religious up in here right now. Uh my mother doesn't care for choice of stuff that I read and everything else. Has that ever like your background growing up or anything like that, or family religious aspects, have that influenced you in any of the stuff? I mean, have you like, oh, I don't care what they think. I'm doing this. <laughs> or you know what well, just because that way i'm doing it even harder
2: <laughs> well you know i yeah i mean it 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 always enters my mind i guess when i'm working on these you know these types of stories and uh it, not just from a religious side of things but just in everything i you know all my stories you know there there've been times where i i wonder on certain things if i'm going too far or if i'm being too violent or if i'm being too cruel to a character and uh and it's not that I don't care what uh, you know how my readers feel about it or even you know or how my family would feel about it if they were reading it um, but uh, I also don't feel like you know from a from the perspective of a writer I don't feel like I need to hold back on those things I feel like the the moment I start uh, worrying uh, about you know hurting someone's feelings or, or 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 disgusting someone or making someone uncomfortable uh that's sort of it's it's skewing the story it's 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 not telling a story that's true to me um and yeah you know i you know i there are things i've written that that i don't even like but you got to keep in mind you know just because i'm writing you know about these things it doesn't necessarily reflect my beliefs or or my interests it's just what's what i feel like works in the story and uh And I just, uh, you know, I approach it, you know, with that always in mind. I just, uh, I'm going to tell the best story I can and not worry about uh, offending anyone, I guess.
0: Yeah. Sweet. We don't care either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that uh, you've written things you don't like. You know, I've I've honestly never read anything of yours that I didn't like. You know, it may not always be the best thing that I've read that week, but I've never read a single one of your books and been like, this is just terrible.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll I'll hit you. I'll get you sometime. I'll hit you with some of that, you know. At some point soon, we'll get that to. I'll get something that you just can't stand. So we'll see how that works. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I'll believe. Just be I on say. the look. Be on the lookout for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've uh, influenced what I read. Uh, I see your name on something that's being done, and all, instantly I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting this." I mean, that's very few people that you could say that about. But I'm, I'm buying this. Uh, Justin and me, we had this conversation the other day. Uh, you have, I wouldn't say renewed, but you brought a whole new likeness of Deadpool to, for me with the miniseries you have brought out uh, Magneto to a whole new level for me and I, what can I say about Moon Knight I mean uh, again, <laughs> you didn't even like the character before I, didn't, I couldn't stand the guy didn't even know who the hell he was uh, obviously you got on it and I'm, I was reading it beforehand but then when you got there I am like hey hey <laughs> and now I'm like one of the biggest homers <laughs> biggest fans around so you've done so much. And so like, like he was saying earlier, I don't think I've read anything that I don't like. And, and I think one of your books has usually been in my top three, whether it be whatever. I think I had two of your books in my top three one time. I think it was Magneto and Moon Knight. Uh, just because it was like so freaking like wild to me, it was,
2: it was a light week. It must have been a light week, right?
0: <laughs> no, Here, we read. A, we averaged about thirty books a week.
2: <laughs> your, your, your store got shorted or something? No, I <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I appreciate that, man. It, it means a lot whenever I, I hear something like that. So, uh, it uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, that keeps me going.
1: It's true. It's true for both of us. I mean, I've always been a big Deadpool fan. Uh, it's my favorite character. If you could see my office now, I've got statues and figures and posters and Deadpool crap everywhere. And I absolutely scary. love your take on the character. the The Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe is the the first miniseries you wrote, right?
2: It was, yeah, the first. uh I, I, well, it wasn't the first mini. It was the first Deadpool miniseries, yeah, right, right, yeah.
1: But yeah. you've been taking over and writing all of the Deadpool miniseries that have come out since then, and I've just been loving every single one of them. I'm really liking what you're doing with Deadpool Secret Secret Wars. I've gotten so many laughs out of that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Deadpool was never. A, I'll be honest. Uh, Deadpool was not a character that. Uh, I loved when I first started writing Deadpool stories. He was not—I—I uh, I, I can't say that I got him. You know, I wasn't—you uh, know—I I was doing Deadpool stories because I was offered the books. You know, but uh, but once I did that, Deadpool uh, kills the Marvel universe. You know, and I—I kind of I, I got. I got the appeal of the character, at least for me as a as a writer. And and that's just that I could do whatever I want to and Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. It it's a yeah, it's a funny book, but it's a dark book. It's a it's a very mean, uh, dark story. And uh, and I love that with a character like Deadpool I can write, you know, stories like that, uh and stories that like Secret Secret Wars, which are just sorta, of, you know, ridiculous. Uh <laughs> And I, I love that that character can kind of play in both those fields.
1: Yeah, that, he's so versatile. And like I said, I love your take on him. Actually, I didn't even realize this until I was researching for the show. You wrote uh, a very short story of Deadpool in the Deadpool One Thousand issue that was called "Mouth of the Border."
2: Yeah, that was now that was my first Deadpool stuff. Marvel often will let you write like little eight-page stories when they're really trying you out. Uh, and and yeah, "Mouth of the Border" was my first Deadpool story. Uh, And then I did another short story uh, in Deadpool Family Mm -hmm. that was – it was basically – I can't remember the name of it anymore. Uh, But it was basically kid pool and dog pool driving around in a giant robot uh, wrecking stuff. So, uh,
1: I remember that one. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I've done a couple of short stories as well.
1: But the funny thing about Mouth of the Border and why I was bringing that up is I actually have the page, the original artwork of uh, Deadpool fighting the Chupacabra.
2: Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. That's, that's a great page. And I have that's a page a, from
1: uh, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe also with him fighting Taskmaster in the swamp.
2: <laughs> oh, well, see, that's you know, of, of all, that's one of the, the few pages I have is actually uh, from the Taskmaster-Deadpool battle from uh, Kills the Marvel Universe. That's, that's the, I think that's the one. I think I have one or two pages from that, that series, but I know that I have that. Uh, you know, I have him fighting in the swamp as well. Uh, one, of the, one of the pages from them fighting in the swamp as well.
1: It's it was so well done. Delavore did an amazing job with everything in that, and you know, yeah, it, he's great. He's, I thought it was really absolutely great. I thought it was really cool that you wrote Taskmaster to go after Deadpool because of their past together. I've always been a big Taskmaster fan as well, and uh, when when he showed up in Deadpool Kills, I was just I don't know. I, it instantly became one of my favorite series.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that was you know Taskmaster joining that series was that was you know just me like you. I'm I'm a huge Taskmaster fan ever since that very first issue of. You know that he appeared in, in Avengers way back when. I just I think it was the design of the character just uh, appealed to me when I was younger, and, uh, and and I've always been a fan, so I had to put him in the book.
1: Very cool. <laughs> well, let's talk about. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna move on to Harrow County, but I guess since we're on Marvel, we can stick with Marvel for a minute. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, what you've been doing with Magneto and Moon Knight. Okay. I, I've I've really enjoyed your take on both of those characters. Uh, Moon Knight in particular. Uh, Declan Shelby and Warren Ellis did the first arc. And it brought new life to the character. It introduced me to a bunch of people that had never really been exposed to him before. I've always been a Moon Knight fan, and I loved that first arc. The second arc was okay, but it it kind of waned a little bit, and I think some people fell off. But then when you came back, you breathed just as much life into it as they did, maybe even more. And your run thus far on Moon Knight has been spectacular. Uh, I love the issue where he fights the dogs. I know that was one of Miguel's favorites as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah
2: yeah what's interesting about moon knight and i'm only on the series for five issues so my run on it is about is almost done Uh so you know when i was i was hired to do five issues on the series uh what's interesting to me about it is uh Years ago, before I was doing anything for Marvel, before I really even had uh anything, any of my books had come out, any of my creator own books or anything, they were all uh in progress. They hadn't come out yet. Uh I went to a convention and they had pitch sessions with uh with editors from Marvel and I met with Axel Alonzo uh and some other editors and the thing I took to them was a book called The Macabre Moon Knight. And uh, I wanted to do a Moon Knight series that had heavy supernatural and weird elements. Um, and at the time, you know, the, it, it's no surprise that didn't happen because you know I was coming out of nowhere with this pitch for a big series, and and I think actually there was another Moon Knight series uh, being planned at the time. Um, but when they called me and asked if I wanted to to do this, you know, this five issues, I I definitely dusted off my proposal for the Macabre Moon Knight and kind of pulled some of the story elements from that that I wanted to to do and i kind of updated them and and retold them so it, it, it was nice to be able to revisit some of those uh those ideas for a you know sort of a supernatural weirdness you know weird weirdness magnet version of moon knight
1: that's very cool was was he a character that you always wanted to write
2: yeah um he's he's always been one of my favorites uh when I was a kid, I remember reading the issue where he first appeared. You know, like in Werewolf by Night, and I read that issue over and over and over again as a kid. And and uh, and he was just a character that uh, that that I've always uh, I've always had you know sort of a, an affinity for. So uh, so yeah, I, I definitely was thrilled to get the chance to write him for even for a few issues.
1: <laughs> well, we've loved that run, and like I said, we loved what you you're done with Magneto as well. Uh, making him more dark and more gritty and trying to uh trying to stop people from abusing mutants in his own way
2: <laughs> yeah it uh it's um it's definitely a dark take on the character you know when i when I started writing it, uh you know we we talked about everything I do has sort of a dark angle to it uh you know my pitch for Magneto when they asked me what I would do with the character was you know I wanted to tell sort of a horror story. Uh, where Magneto was the monster, really, and uh, and that's that was my you know my initial idea for the series is is Magneto as this monster, um, you know th- you can agree with what he's doing. I mean he's you know he's he's trying to protect his people, but but he is pretty uh pretty horrific, and uh, the the things he does there are pretty uh are pretty terrible at times, and and that's really where, you know that's kind of been where I've been dancing around the entire series since then.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. been ruthless in a lot of those issues. And now, you know, he's trying to single-handedly destroy <laughs> the other Earth.
2: Yeah, you know, that. that how's that for somebody's ego? You know, <laughs> he, yeah, it's it, and that really, uh, that, that whole story where he's trying to destroy the other Earth, it, it just plays into what I've been doing with the series from the very beginning, which is this sort of, you know, how do people view Magneto? And, and is the only way he can save uh to save the Earth, is it to become this thing that people have always feared that he was this sort of world-conquering, world-destroying supervillain, um, and and he has to become that in order to to actually be the savior of our of our Earth as well.
1: I haven't read the last issue yet because it's not out, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't succeed since <laughs> since yeah. we do have Secret Wars going on, right?
2: <laughs> well, well, there's there's two more issues yeah there's issue 20 and 21 so the 21 is the final the final issue of the arc um, and and really the you know the story of whether or not he saves the world isn't the, the it's not the primary story uh, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the flashbacks and, and a lot of stuff talking about Magneto's legacy uh, that we'll be looking at and, and that's really what this story is all about is is Magneto's uh, legacy and, 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 and the things he's done and, and what he would leave behind if 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 he were to vanish from the world,
1: how do you feel about the retcon of uh, Wanda and pietro um you know it it's
2: fine i mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that it happened but it' don't, and it also doesn't uh doesn't really bother me too much either it's a uh, it's you know those kind of things happen in comics all the time uh i I think it could lead to some interesting story elements i think uh I think given time, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting place to think you know, of you know, how would that affect Magneto knowing that uh, these two that he has always thought of, his, of as his children uh, are not. So uh, I think it could lead to some interesting character developments for that
0: character. Definitely. Well, like you were saying earlier, I love how you made Magneto back to who he was supposed to be. Yeah, Cyclops. Whatever. <laughs> Magneto's the ultimate badass, and that's how he's supposed to be, and that's why I've been like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's like, just like Magneto was good this week, but I don't know if it was like all like, dude, it was awesome. That's all I have to say. <laughs> the passion always comes out. It's like, like I wish I was Magneto. If I was a mutant, I would stand with Magneto. Put it that way. Just all right, straight well. up. <laughs> I don't know if that should scare me
2: or not. <laughs> um, you know, and that's actually, that's actually interesting, though, because uh, you know, it's one of the things I, I, I love about writing this character is that some people think of him sort of as a, a hero, and some see him as a villain and a monster, and, and really that, that can go back and forth. You know, you might, sometimes a reader might see him as a hero, and the next issue the reader might see him as a, a monster or a villain, and, and that's one of the things I wanted to play with
0: with the series.
1: You've done a great job with it. We've been loving it since the beginning. Well, thank you.
0: Even if it was bad, I didn't care. <laughs> I'm pro-Magneto no matter what. It was never bad. <laughs> no, end justifies the means, you know? I mean, seriously. And uh, the real quick thing to touch on Moon Knight real quick before we move on. We once said Moon Knight was just pretty much a badass Batman willing to kill. Pretty much take anything down. And Moon Knight is a badass. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, it, you know, it, one of the things I've always liked about Moon Knight was just this whole uh, his multiple personalities and his skewed perception of reality. And uh, and I kind of like the idea that that maybe nothing that ever happens in Moon Knight's life is really happening. That it all may be some sort <laughs> of skewed version of reality. Uh, you know, he's seeing this, or is he? You know, it's. Uh, I like the idea that he may not be experiencing any of these things. It might all be just a. Uh, just some form of psychosis.
1: I've always liked that too. Uh, actually I've, I've kind of a weird question for you. So while you're writing Magneto and you're writing moon Knight, you're also writing DC books. You're writing uh, Lobo and you're writing Sinestro. (laughs) All four of those characters are extremely confident. All four of those characters are kind of arrogant and they're all badasses in their own right. Uh, do you feel write like- what write what you
2: know? That's what
1: I asked. <laughs> are they all based on you? That's what that was my yes, question. Yes, that is.
2: They are all versions of me. No, no, of course not. I'm sorry, I interrupted. I think you were really you had a real question, and I uh, interrupted.
1: <laughs> it was fine. It was funny. <laughs> no, my I was basically gonna say you know were there challenges keeping everybody straight in your mind trying to write four different characters that all have similar personalities.
2: You know, I don't. I don't really think so because, uh, for me, uh, it's about finding what makes those characters different. And uh, you know, I, I know when I, I t- took over when I when I launched Magneto and I, and I launched Sinestro right around the same time, uh, I had a lot of people saying these characters are very similar, and uh, and they were wondering how I'd write them. And to me, they they were never really that similar because. Uh, uh, it's about finding there are similarities but it's about finding the the you know the key facets that make them different. In the case of Magneto and Sinestro, Magneto knows that he's doing bad things for a greater good. And Sinestro on the other hand <laughs> honestly feels like he's doing the right thing. He knows that what he's doing is right. And I just try to keep those, you know, those kind of key differences in mind whenever I'm working on the uh, working on the story, and as much as Magneto might be a you know an egomaniac, uh, he's got nothing in the ego department when it comes to when it compares to Sinestro. Uh, that guy is a is a total egomaniac.
0: I might have problems too because I like Sinestro, and Magneto, and Moon Knight, and I kind of Lobo kind of appeals to me now. I, I,
1: I, love your, I love your take on Lobo. I mean, we were never big fans of the older version of the character. You but mean I've, Fat Lobo? Yeah, Fat, <laughs> fat Lobo, but. You know, skinny younger Lobo. It's vicious. He's very vicious. He's brutal, and uh, it seems like you get a, get away with a lot more like violent scenes in Lobo than you do in some of the other books.
2: Yeah, I think there's a you know there there are things we can get away with in in Lobo for some reason, and uh, you know I can't tell you what it is, but I, just this morning I got a uh, an email from our colorist uh, on one of the later you know one of the issues that are coming out and said uh, just so you know. You guys are gonna get a lot of complaints and a lot of you know, a lot of hate mail over what's going on in Lobo this issue. And I'm like, Well, you know, of all the characters I write, if I'm not getting complaints on Lobo, there's something wrong. Because, you know, he, he really should be the guy who's pushing some of those boundaries and his story should be uh, you know, kind of violent and, and dark and, and vicious and uh, and so I'm uh, I'm excited for the for the hate mail on, on that on that scene. <laughs> and yeah there have been there have been seen other scenes uh like i think at issue six there's a there's there was a fight and my editor my editor came to me and he was like no we can't do that you know we you cannot you know you cannot show that kind of violence on the page and uh but uh but he let it go through so it, you know it, it showed up uh you know as it was written so it's yeah, fine with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah we like uh, we, we like, it's, we it's like a, it <laughs> It's a violent. It's a violent series, and there's a lot of you know. There's a lot of a, uh, a lot of viciousness to be seen uh, when it comes to Lobo.
1: Well, okay. So we've talked about Marvel and DC, and you also do a lot of independent books. I mean, most recently you finished The Empty Man. Uh, now you're working on Harrow County. Uh, let's talk about Harrow County since that's your your current ongoing. Okay. Um, again, why don't why don't you give our listeners the pitch real quick?
2: Well, Harrow County is sort of a. Uh, we've been calling it a a southern gothic fairy tale uh it's the story of emmy who is a a young woman on the verge of turning 18 years old she's she lives out on a farm in the middle of nowhere in rural north carolina and uh she uh she's always known that the woods and you know the old to- abandoned tobacco barns and you know old buildings around her where she lives uh she's always kind of known there were ghosts and goblins and and strange creatures and things that go bump of the night out there uh... but on the or on the eve of her eighteenth birthday she's discovered that she is connected to those things in a way uh... that she never never expected and uh... and that connection kind of sets uh, sets everyone out to get her you know she finds herself being hunted by by the the people of harrow county including her own father uh, and she's, uh, you know, she's she goes out on, you know, she's out on her on the run and surrounded by ghosts and strange creatures, um, and she's trying to discover why people are trying to kill her. Um, it's sort of a, it's a, it's definitely a horror story, but it's also one of the sweetest stories I've ever written. I, mean, I think Emmy may be my the sweetest character I've ever, sweetest and most innocent character I've I've ever written, and uh, and she kind of has sort of a unique worldview when it comes to these uh you know these strange creatures and 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 ghosts that are are out there in the world around her
1: yeah the way i described it was that it was charming and terrifying at the same time
2: (laughs) that's awesome that's that's what we were going for so
1: the scene where she finds the the skin ah in the forest (laughs) and picks it up like it's nothing and just puts it in her bag and and takes it home with her like it's you know, a toy that she found or something. And her her worldview is obviously drastically different than everybody else that's in this town because nobody else would have done that. They would have seen it and been like, Oh my God, skin. What is this?
2: Yeah. And, and that's really, you know, and, and, one of the things we did with it is, I don't waste a lot of time saying, "Well, Emmy feels this. Emmy acts this way because of this." You know, you just have to. You're along for the ride with Emmy, and you know, you you just have to accept that she accepts these things in a in a different way. And uh, and you know, we'll you know, as as the story progresses, we'll learn more about why she's the way she is, and and we'll figure those things out. But uh, but yeah, she's a she's a quirky she's a quirky little character that Emmy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm never going to North Carolina now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's just like that story. Everything. Skin in the woods, man.
0: The skin in the woods. <laughs> yeah, let me carry it around, put it in my room, and let me go to that tree because I got a tree that looks like that in my backyard.
2: <laughs> yeah, those trees you got to watch out for, man. <laughs> have you been reading uh, Scott Snyder's witches?
0: Yes, I, I have uh, oh, them too. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah, uh, it's funny because I, I knew coming into this, we were talking about books we books we've been reading and things. And witches is one of the books on my list that uh, that I, I get a real kick out of right now.
0: Yeah, us too. So how did you hook up with uh, Tyler?
2: Uh, Tyler and I actually worked together on uh, a few issues of the Six Gun. He he did several issues of the Six Gun, uh, the main series with me, and then uh, he also uh, did a mini series with me called Six Gun Dust to Dust. Um, so, so we've worked together a little bit with some of the, with that project. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we started talking about what we would do if we, if we did a creator owned project together. Uh, so, you know, it was, it just all spun out of, of working on the six gun together.
0: That's right. Six guns, you're a supernatural Western.
2: It
1: is.
0: Yes. <laughs> See, I know. <laughs> supernatural Western. Freaking awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah, six gun is the only thing you've written that i have not read i think <laughs> well you need to turn this podcast off right now
2: <laughs> and run do not walk run to your store and grab six gun
1: i promise i will pick up a copy this weekend when we go back there it's going to change your life i'm looking forward to it
0: <laughs> so it's just such a horror guy uh, and I told you how me and my wife we watched some of the t- worst horror movies you've ever seen in your entire life. We watch not even B, we're talking D. That's how bad they are. Uh, yeah. We we like this stupid one called Thanks Killing. It's about a demonic turkey. Uh, yeah, about-
2: I, I could. You didn't even have to. T- I could have gotten that. It yeah, <laughs> it,
0: it's a great stupid crappy movie, but it's just it's like something we watch now. It's like our our thing on Thanksgiving. Uh, what is your favorite horror movie of all time?
2: Of all time, you know, it's going to come down it's, – it's, it's a tie for me between Alien and The Thing. Um, it's, it's one of those two movies that's my favorite, uh, and uh, I can't – I don't know that I can uh, – I don't know if I can decide between the two of them, though.
0: They're both great. Old school thing, not new thing, right? Yeah, definitely the old one. The, the old school
2: – Well, not the – I mean, the original one is great from way back when, uh, but I'm talking about the John Carpenter, Carpenter. thing from – yeah. Yeah, from the you know eighty or
0: whenever it Put came. Put that out. thing yeah. in the blood and a pop. <laughs> that movie gave me yeah. the creeps, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty terrifying.
0: So did uh, did The Exorcist mess with you as much as it did uh, some of the world?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know it was pretty uh it was pretty scary for me considering I saw it you know like on TV and I think it was probably edited for television when I saw it, um, but it still scared me pretty bad when uh, when I was a kid.
1: What uh, what comics did you read when you were a kid? What what made you want to become a comic book writer? You know, I read a lot of different books. I read uh, Uncanny
2: X Men was the the book I collected. That was a uh, that was the you know that book meant a lot to me because it was a book that my dad and I collected together. He was never into comics, but he uh, he liked going to uh, to comic book shows and stores, and he traveled a lot. and He'd stop at comic book shops and take my want list in, and you know, grab issues for me here and there. But uh, probably the book that that made me love comic books was an issue of The Micronauts, uh, which is a comic that was based on a a toy line from, you know, it came out in the 70s. There was an issue of Micronauts, I think it was issue seven, that had uh, uh, the man thing in it. And I remember picking that issue up at a grocery store next to my dad's office, and uh, I read that comic. Over and over and over and over again that day and uh, and that was the book that made me uh love comics was uh Micronauts number seven
1: very cool It's, it's awesome that you can go back and pinpoint that exact issue
2: yeah, no uh, it, it stands out in my mind in a big in a big way uh, it was uh, It was a really important book to me
0: Well, I definitely want to ask some more questions about comics you read back in the past, but I'm going to ask you two things about. One question about your two books, Hellbreak and Harold County. Uh, there's no thing that I, I'm not a fan of miniseries. I really hate them because sometimes usually when you're reading a miniseries, they're so freaking good and, you, and they're like, oh, man, it's ending? <laughs> so Hellbreak and Harold County, what are we looking at? Are, are you trying to make sure it goes for a good amount of time or is it just going to be a miniseries?
2: Well, uh, they're both intended to be ongoing stories. Um, this day and age, I kind of think, think everything – kind of hits the stands as a mini series because you never know when the, you know how sales are going to be and how fan reception is going to be on a book. But uh both of them are, you know, are seen as as ongoing series. Uh Hellbreak, well, let me back up. You know, The Six Gun for instance is an ongoing series, but I've known where it's going to end since the very beginning. And, you know, that book will end with issue 50. So I guess in that sense it's a 50 issue limited series. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hellbreak is the same way. I know what the ending of Hellbreak is meant to be, uh, so you know it's not going to be a book that goes on forever and ever. Um, but uh, but I do have an ending for the series in mind, and and I'm hoping that I get a ch- you know get the chance to 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 reach that, that ending the way I want to. Um, and, but it, again, it all depends on you know fan reaction, sales of the book. You know, anymore, it feels like if a book goes twelve issues, it's considered a huge success and a long-lived title. So, you know, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, I really, I really <laughs> hate that. That uh, great books and great stories written by you guys, and they're so good. And just because it's a certain genre that doesn't appeal many to many, so many fans that it doesn't make it past.
1: I think a lot of people are just trade waiters, and if they bought single issues, more independent books would thrive.
0: Yeah, cuz we know somebody who one of their books uh just recently got canceled and it's uh you know, it's pretty depressing. It was a really good book and I really enjoyed it. Um so, you know, I wish you the best of success and we're going to do everything we can to, you know, to promote all your books. I mean, but you you're amazing to begin with. You really don't need our help, yeah. but
1: <laughs> He doesn't need our help. No, he don't need well, our help. <laughs> you know,
2: hey, ev- everything helps. Everything helps. But uh but yeah, you know, it's uh you know, it's yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff out there vying for for the attention of of the consumer. So, uh, you know, I understand. You know, not everybody can read every book, but you know, all the, all you can do is you support the books you like, and 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 maybe try something new every now and get and now and then, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna do my best to to try to keep these stories going, um, and tell the stories that I want to tell.
1: Very cool. You're a I was going to ask you something since you're one of the few people we've had on that has written for everybody. <laughs> you know, you've done Marvel, you've done DC, you've done Dark Horse, you've done uh, IDW, Boom, Oni Press. Oni Press. Yep. Uh, She's never written for Image.
2: I have not done a, an Image title yet. Yet. That's the, that's, there's my hint for the night, right? Yet. <laughs> no, but, uh,. I, it's not for for a lack of wanting to it's just uh it's finding the right collaborator and and making sure timing is is right to do it but uh but I think that's uh you know there there have been conversations and and handshakes and and collaborators and I have talked about what we're gonna do so uh stay tuned
1: okay and i I heard recently that uh your your first dynamite series is coming out soon.
2: Well, uh, actually, it's it's out. Uh, you know, I've I've done uh, or they've been out. I've I've done a few things for Dynamite. Uh, I did uh, I did a single issue of the Shadow Shadow number zero, um, but then I also did uh, uh, an Army of Darkness five issue series. Oh okay. Uh, and I did uh, I'm doing Masks Masks two, which I think the third or fourth issue of that is out uh... which masks Two is a series that kind of features all the great old pulp characters you know like the shadow and green hornet being you know being some of the more famous ones but you know also characters like peter cannon uh... aka thunderbolt and and you know these great masked characters all teaming up on an on a zany adventure and uh and then i've also got the shadow uh is a an ongoing series that'll be launching uh in a couple of couple of months i guess
1: i heard something about voltron too oh yeah i guess they did
2: uh, they did (laughs) announce voltron i'm doing a voltron mini series that starts up uh, i think it's in previews right now so it starts up in a couple of months
1: no freaking way Steam miguel's face oh my christmas
2: tree
0: (laughs) oh that's freaking awesome
2: Well, M- Miguel, I guess you'll really like it because, uh, according to the solicit text, anyway, it's a much darker, grittier Voltron. So uh, it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a it's a different different kind of Voltron story, I think.
0: Lions Voltron or Cars Voltron?
2: Lions Voltron.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to pick up like uh, two copies of that because. Uh, my younger boy loves Voltron too. He, you know, I exposed him to all the old stuff, and so he loves Voltron. That's oh, freaking yeah. awesome. I was writing everything down, and you, you uh, worked on, or you're working on, or stuff that's coming out. So I have it all down, so I can go pick it up. <laughs> but now Good. that I know Voltron, I'll definitely make sure I tell my my comic story. This needs to go in my box too. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's so cool, man. Do you have time for anything else? <laughs> yeah what do
1: you, what do you do for fun? <laughs>
2: what are you talking about what is this fun you are referring to i don't i don't know this word
1: no you know what
2: uh i take that back because you know i love what i do i mean i you know i if i didn't love it and i wasn't having fun doing it i wouldn't be able to handle as many projects as i as i do um but uh uh, you know I, i just love you know writing comics and and honestly you know there's a lot of books on my on my plate yes but uh you know, I you know I write you know eight hours a day, you know at least five days a week. Um, sometimes more than than five days a week. And uh, uh, you know, I also I've managed to get it to a point where if I'm writing, you know anywhere between five to seven pages of comics a day, which is a walk in the park, uh, I can stay on track. You know, now conventions and getting sick and things like that throw me off uh but if i'm actually you know busy working not getting sick or going to conventions um you know five to seven pages a day is all it takes to stay on top of my schedule very cool uh but then yes what do i do for fun Uh, i don't know i don't really have any hobbies anymore uh
1: so (laughs) well it sounds like you still kind of keep up with what's going on in comics aside from your stuff it's like you do read some
2: oh yeah you know i i still hit the comic shops i uh you know, you know, I, you know, I still—I'm never going to be one of those guys who creates comics and then and then kind of proudly says, "Oh, I don't read comics." Um, you know, I love comics; I love them, and uh, uh, I I don't get to the comic shop on a weekly basis for probably in the last six seven months, I haven't been to the comic shop weekly in a while. Um, but I still head to the comic shop. I'm reading more in trade now than than I, I read in, in single issues, I guess. Um, but uh you know i'm still reading a lot of books and and uh right now uh a couple of of you know fellow creators and i have gotten really big into digging through back issue bins and and building up a uh, building up our collections uh, of old comics again uh because i'm getting them uh, you know i'm buying a bunch of old comics and i'm getting them hardbound uh with this local bindery uh you know i'm having them bind up my books for me so that i you know, I can put them on my shelf. And that, that's kind of uh, uh, reinvigorated this uh, this desire to, you know, dig through back issue boxes and collect old comics.
1: That is awesome. It's, it's just great to hear how passionate you are about the hobby and how much you enjoy it and how much a part of your life it is aside from just writing it.
2: Oh, yeah. No, comics, you know, comics mean a lot to me. Like I said, they, uh, you know, they they were so important to me, you know, as I grew up and, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I got out of the, got out of the, got out of collecting comics for a long time. I sold my collection when I was, uh, uh, going to college and, but, uh, I think we've all, all know, done that
1: at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I still, you know, I still, I still love comics. I'm still trying to actively rebuild my uncanny X-Men collection. I'm,
1: you know, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I'm into it. I'm all in. Yeah, I'm actually a huge X Men fan myself. I'm. I'm working on building up my old Silver Age books as well. I've got, I think, 50 of the first hundred so far. So.
2: Yeah. No. It's a. Uh, it's. It's. It's nice. It's the thrill of the chase, right? It is. I
0: love it. Don't <laughs> make me feel weirdo. I'm a weirdo now because I'm going after all my old Harley's. <laughs>
1: You- well, there's another hey,
2: you like what you like. That's exactly. uh, and, and that's yeah, I it's one of those things. Believe me, I've been getting books bound up that uh, you know, my friends uh, have looked at me like what in the, you know, why would you ever get that that series bound up. You know, or, or say, you know, man, you have terrible taste in comics. But it's, you know, uh, the books I'm getting bound and and the stuff that I'm 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 putting together. Uh, yeah, some of it doesn't hold up the way I uh, remember it. You know, some of it I think were the greatest stories of all time. And I look at some of these and I'm like, man, uh, you know, this book doesn't hold up the way I, I wanted it to. But the book still meant something to me. Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons I'm getting them bound now. You know, I'm,
1: I completely I, understand.
2: Yeah.
0: So I'm going home to tell the wife tonight see, if Cullen Bunn can do it, I can too.
2: <laughs> that's right. Do it.
0: Just looks at me nuts because I came home with I uh, uh, had the first appearance of Beta Ray Bill and had it signed by Walt Simonson and it was like the coolest thing. He drew something for me on the cover too, and and I have first appearance of Doctor Bong and uh, Howard the Duck.
2: <laughs> oh, see, you're speaking my language, man! All that stuff's great stuff. That's uh that's all you know. That's all on my you know top of my list of stuff I love.
0: Oh yeah, see? us too. <laughs> and I think our first appearance is a rope. Is that who I got? You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got uh, Rogue.
2: Avengers Annual ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Again, you know, that's all great stuff.
1: Well, let's move on yeah. to our uh, our most popular segment. Oh yeah, one that we have every single week. It's popular. It's very popular. It's popular to who? It's popular for, for all of our <laughs> listeners. It's time for tell me a funny story. <music> and first up is
0: Miguel. Oh man. Well, okay. Well, I was thinking about this earlier day because I knew it was my turn. Uh, we have a water park down here called Schlitterbahn. You know, we have one in Galveston. We have one in uh, South Padre. We have one in New Bronzeville. And I have been to that, too. I've been to the one in Bronzeville all the time. And I take my kids usually with me. And, and so they have a new ride where you get on the surfboard. You, you get on a little ramp, and the ramp takes you down in a curve. And you come up, and you wind up on the wave. And you're boogie boarding on the wave, right? And you can try to stand up, or you can stay on the ground and try to keep it going as long as you can. But eventually, the water will wipe you out and take you down. Well, the boy did it once, and uh, he got wiped out, and his pants came off. (laughs) So he grabbed his pants, and he protected himself. It was kind of funny. Well, I laughed at him a lot that day. And Well, a year later, I got to go. And it was me, and I think it was the wife at the time. Uh, So I got on there, and I tried it. And I had the, the things extra tight. So I got on there and I was wearing my trunks and got on the boogie board. I was doing great, man. I was doing really good. And uh, lo and behold, people were laughing, but I don't know why. I have no idea why. And then when I came out (laughs) and I got out, the back part of my pants had been ripped. (laughs) So I was like mooning people on the water and didn't even know. And I was like, oh, oh, it's time to buy some new trunks. (laughs) So it was, yeah. So, yeah, I mooned a lot of people waiting on the, because the line goes up. Colin, this is the, the fourth ripped pants story he's told. <laughs> he's
1: ripped his jeans. He's ripped his work pants. Now he's ripped his swimsuit.
0: Yes. Well, they were, it's an older swimsuit. Do what works for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got not, a problem, man. Not done on purpose. <laughs> but see, the, the bad part about it is is when you're on the water, you're facing a certain way. Well, the line, this is why it's messed up. The line goes up the stairs behind you. So it's up and so everyone can see you from the top coming down. So there's people holding kids' eyes, parents <laughs> holding their kids' eyes so they can't see. And I'm looking at everybody like, what is going on? And I had people laughing. And to one guy, hey, bro, uh, you got a problem. What? Oh! <laughs> Talk about putting, you know, like, and you have no shirt. So I'm walking around with my hands behind my back for a little bit and, you know, went back to the locker and got the towel and went to the shop and paid like a hundred and some odd dollars for a freaking pair of trunks. <laughs> and there you go. So yeah, sounds
2: to me like they've got ripping technology on the water slide. <laughs> the water to is to get you to buy the to
1: get you to buy those hundred dollar pair of shorts. I'm
0: telling you, well, I mean the water is like super strong. I mean if it, it took the boys pants off,
1: Slitterbon German for uh, new new trunks, new trunks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, and uh, the other other part is, uh, you know, they have the three different parks. You know, I mean, in the one in Brownsville, you have the water, you have the the little lake pool. That's actually the Like the chlorine, chlorine rate. I can't even say it. You know, it's chlorinated. Yeah, Yeah. chlorinated. It's like a pool, and you have another ride. It's pool, but then you have one that runs into the river. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a pool that I didn't know it was fed in through the river, and well, when you get in the water, that's chlorinated. It's it's cool, but it's not too bad. You know, yeah, it's okay. No shock. I jumped into the one that was fed in by the river, and it was freaking cold. (laughs) It was like someone just stabbed me in, the, in a general area. I, I told you, I Shit. screamed. I was like, ah! I was like, I'm oh, sorry about that. But it was like that freaking cold. It's like, yep, the boys just went up in the garage. <laughs> it was it was rough. <laughs> Sounds like it. So, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> Dip the toe in first, man. Dip the toe in first. You're going to go up to New York and join in the Polar Bear Club? That happened to me at the, <laughs> the ride in New York, too. The water's a lot colder there. I kid you not. They, I don't know why. Why is the water below 50 in the water park? It is ice cold. And I dipped the toe in, but then the wife pushed me in. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was cold. And I, yeah, I screamed there, too. So the cold water does affect me. And, yes, I did jump in Lake Ontario, so I should, should know better. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but, yeah so, yeah, so I ripped my pants yet again. So there you very go. Very nice. Very nice. Not a great story, but a funny story. Oh, it's funny. It's funny. People covering their kids' eyes.
1: <laughs> what about you, Colin? Do you have a funny story for us? I'll, I'll tell one of my go-to stories. I guess
2: this is a true story, so I don't. Um, this is the one uh, I've. I've had plenty of people ask me to tell this story, so uh, it takes just a minute or two, though. So bear with me. Okay. Um, so when I was uh, I was eighteen or nineteen, I was visiting North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina, but I was living in Missouri. Uh, so I was visiting a friend in North Carolina, and uh, one morning we were getting ready to go to to Raleigh, and we were you know about an hour away. We were up early. Uh, and I came out of the the back room, and this was like you know seven in the morning. And and I saw my friend Eric was on the phone. He was standing by this patio door, and he was he was on the phone talking to somebody. And I was kind of like, that's that's pretty weird. Who's he, you know? Who's he talking to this early? Who's who's he calling? Um, and he waved me over, and he's like, Cullen, Cullen, come here, check this out. And uh, he he waves me over to the patio door, and I look out the back door, and and back by his pool, walking. Walking around by the pool is uh, a cougar, a full-grown, you know, mountain cat walking back and forth around the, the swimming pool. And uh, Eric, was on the, uh, Eric was on the phone with, uh, the with the police trying to figure out what do you do when there's a cougar in your yard. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was like, wow. So I watched this cat for a little bit, and then I, you know, I was like, that's really cool. And and then I, you know, I just I went on about my business, got finished getting ready for the day. Uh, and Eric calls me. He says, "Cullen, come come here, come here." And I come running. He says, "The cougar ran off. Go outside, and you know, keep an eye on it." And I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, "All right." So uh, I go out the back door, uh, out the patio door, and I, I look around and don't see the cougar. Uh, I start walking around the house, uh, you know, around the the left side of the house, going around behind it, and don't see the cougar anywhere, figure the cat's, you know, wandered off. I circle all the way around back from, uh, you know, back around the the front of the house and heading back around the other side, back towards the back door, and uh, there are some old tobacco barns uh, not too far from from Eric's house, and uh, I was... Halfway between these tobacco barns and the the glass patio doors where where Eric was standing on the phone, and I look over, and there in the shadows of the tobacco barn uh, was the cougar, and it was crouched down, staring dead at me, and its tail was whipping back and forth. And uh, you know, I called out to Eric. I said, Eric, I found the cougar. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, good, good. You know, Keep an eye on it. And, and I, I turned back to look, and, and I'm like, I called back over my shoulder to Eric. I was like, Eric, it's watching me. <laughs> and he says, good, good. Just, just don't let it go anywhere. Don't let it get in the highway. And I turned back to look towards the cougar, and as I turned back, the cougar is running at me. Full speed ahead, you know, as fast as a cougar can go. Dirt coming up from under its feet. It's, it's moving so fast. And I just said, Eric, it's running at me and uh and he leans out i think the cord of the phone was like you know holding him back in the house he leans out to look and i look and the cougar's right up in front of me maybe a couple of yards away i didn't know what to do i knew i couldn't outrun the cougar so i just held my hand straight out in front of me just you know like like i was saying stop in the name of love (laughs) yeah and the cougar hits me jumps up and hits me with all four feet uh throws me back into some bushes um uh, gets and it's on top of me. Eric comes running out of the house. He lets his dog out of the house. The dog comes running up to the cougar, and the cougar comes turns around and just smack hits the dog and flings it across the yard. And uh, and I notice though, as this cougar's on top of me, that I'm not dead. So I figure that's a bonus. You know, I'm not, it didn't kill me, um, but it was gumming me. It was like gnawing on me with the side of its mouth rather than actually biting me with its teeth. And I'm like Eric, Eric. You know, it's okay. This cougar's a. Uh, he, he's not hurting me. He's not hurting me. Uh, and anyway, the cougar ended up getting, you know, we, you know, I got up and the cougar, uh, ended up, it was like a cat, I mean, like a big kitten. It was, uh, it, it walked around, it would rub up against us like the, like a cat will rub up against you. And it, it, it pounced on us a few, on me a few more times, like it was playing with me. Uh, but it was the friendliest cougar I've ever, uh, I've ever seen. It was super friendly, uh, super friendly, big, big, giant killer, uh, man-eating cat, um come to find out that i guess in north carolina you can own a cougar up until they are 18 months old and uh this cougar belonged to this guy that i used to go to high school with actually uh and it was like getting close to the time where it was uh you know it was going to have to you know be given to a zoo or, or you know or wildlife center or whatever uh but uh, he came and picked it up but yeah it was just uh, it was a fun fun little story of a, a cougar mauling me for uh for a few minutes.
1: I think that takes think the take cake as the craziest cake. story we've heard. Holy crap. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, I, I you know, it's been, you know, many, many years since that happened, but I still tell it because it's, it's the best story I got.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, and I complained about my fat cat jumping on me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I
2: got well, It was just, it was just like that cat. It's just, it happened to be a cougar, you know, and yet, uh it was a it was it was a sweet cat, but uh, his name was Eight Ball. Now that
1: I think about it, <laughs> Eight Ball, Eight Ball the Cougar. I think I got the episode name.
0: Man, I would change that story. <laughs> Man, I fought this cougar one time, tooth and nail.
1: No, <laughs> oh, you know, I
2: think about it sometimes. I'm like, yeah, maybe I should tell that story about how you know, maybe I should action the story up a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but no, uh, and, uh, I I think it's better better as the truth.
1: It's proof that I watch too much TV. I see all those CougarLife.com commercials all the time. So the minute he started talking about Cougar, I started thinking about an older woman lurking in the bushes, crouching down.
0: Come on, man!
1: (laughs) 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 That would be a completely different...
0: Oh man!
1: <laughs> hey, come watch the cougar.
0: <laughs> it's funny, like I made fun of you eating your taco. Yeah. Watches the gazelle <laughs> is eaten by the.
1: <laughs> oh, that was that was an amazing story. Thanks for sharing.
0: That's pretty going. cool. So again, for safety reasons, people don't go out there and think every cougar's nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, no. Don't try this at home. That that cougar had lived with a person for you know sixteen months or whatever. Don't uh, and it still attacked me.
0: <laughs> it gummed you <laughs> that's awesome
1: <laughs> gummed by an eight ball that's the <laughs> cool that's well, pretty good let's give a real quick word to our sponsor uh, Bedrock City Comics here in Houston uh, they have five locations where you can get all of your comic sci-fi fantasy needs you can go there and get your comic books uh, you can go to the website which is bedrockcity.com and you can actually use our promo code which is just bedrock all caps to get 20% off all apparel on the site so, anything you want to buy, shirts, pants, belts, underwear, <laughs> I don't know if they have all that, but any apparel you want, 20% off, just use the promo code BEDROCK. That's so why I get my underwear. <laughs> uh, also, <Underoos>. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Also, uh, BEDROCK is doing a special event this coming Sunday. Uh, this episode is going to drop Friday morning, so if you listen at the beginning, you have a chance to go to this still. Uh, Sunday from 12 to 5 p.m. at the Washington location. Matt Frank is going to be on site, signing issues of Godzilla, Rulers of Earth. Uh, So he's going to have some copies of the final issue of the series, and he's going to be doing sketches and all kinds of stuff. So come out and see Matt, and uh, we're going to be there from 12 to 2. So if you want to meet us, again,
0: come on by and see us. Now they're not going to show up. No,
1: (laughs) they might. You never know.
0: See, now Cullen could take over and write a little bit of Godzilla. It him even darker. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've already had, you know, I wrote my five-issue stint on Godzilla, so, uh, you know, that was my bucket list character for a long time, but I, I got that out of my, I, not to say I wouldn't go back to doing more Godzilla, but uh, I did write a, a five-issue Godzilla mini. Uh, it was pretty dark, too, so you might, you might
1: like that. Watch yeah, to write, find that?
0: Writing it down again. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I thought I knew everything. Yeah. I'm a terrible fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
1: let's move on to this week's comics, movies, and TV news. Okay. Uh, There's not a whole lot, but we'll get through it real quick. Uh, All right. What do you want to talk about first? Comics. Comics. Okay. So we learned a little bit more about all new, all different Marvel today. Three different titles got some info released. Uh, There's going to be a Squadron Supreme title.
0: Yeah, I don't know many of those people.
1: I used to read Supreme Power and Hyperion and Nighthawk and all those, those books. And it's those characters, but it's alternate versions of them. It's basically Marvel's answer to the Justice League. So... Those characters are going to exist in the post-Secret Wars Marvel Universe, which I think is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, Hyperion's kind of a
1: dick. <laughs> the, the Hyperion they're, they're touting in uh, Squadron Sinister definitely is. Uh, also, they announced they're going to be releasing a Doctor Strange series, and this is the first Doctor Strange series, the first ongoing Doctor Strange series since 1996. Hmm. And it's being written by Jason Aaron and drawn by Chris Piccolo. Okay. So, I'm kind of excited for that one, actually. I'm I'm much a Dr. Strange Dr. Strange. Guy.
0: Yeah, I'm not much of a Doctor Strange guy, but I might read it. That's probably just because you don't know a ton about him. That's true.
2: I I will be. That's one that I will be making sure I run to the. To I didn't. I did not know the Squadron Supreme news. I actually kind of, kind of interesting. I'm going to look up a little bit more about that. I didn't know about Squadron Supreme, um, but I loved that. You know the in the 80s there was a 12 issue mini that came out of Squadron Supreme, and uh, I was a big fan. Uh, But uh, Jason Aaron's my favorite. Uh, current favorite comic writer. And, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, if there's one person that... I am, You know, I've always wanted to write a Doctor Strange comic. If there's one person, though, that I, I'd rather write one than me, it'd be Jason Aaron. So uh, I'm excited for that.
1: Me too. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to reading it. Uh, and then the very last piece of uh, all new, all different news is that Spider-Gwen is getting a new number one. Really? It's getting rebooted already.
0: What? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's still going to be the same creative team, uh, but... Why? Yeah.
0: They didn't like the way they were writing it?
1: Uh, they're starting it over just because Secret Wars is ending and everything else is getting a number one, so I guess they're going to give it to that, too.
0: Okay, cool. Whatever.
1: <laughs> and then the very last piece of comic book news is that uh, Dark Horse Comics is now available digitally through Comixology. We wow. actually have 800 different titles out there you can go and get now. So I know they've been the, the last holdout, the last big holdout for going digital with their stuff, but now you can go get it. Okay. So
0: it's pretty cool. I like to have a book in my hand.
1: Yeah, I, I prefer physical books, too, personally, but... A lot of people are digital readers and they want access to that. Yeah, I don't like it.
2: And those those digital comics are you know, I've got friends who don't read comics, won't buy a comic, but they'll they'll buy a digital comic. So uh I'm uh, I'm all for it if it gets some new people into it. And uh and I gotta admit I'm sitting here in my office looking out across this wasteland of comics stacked sky high and I'm like, <laughs> you know, maybe digital is the way to go. Yeah.
1: It's definitely space saver. <laughs> yeah. that's it for comics news. Uh, What do you want to do next, movies or TV? Give me some TV. Okay, so TV's real short. Uh, They announced the fall schedule for all of the CW shows. Okay. Uh, Flash and Night Zombie are going to premiere Tuesday, October 6th, and Arrow is going to premiere Wednesday, October 7th. Okay. Uh, They haven't released any information about Legends of Tomorrow yet. So,
0: Hey, what about Supernatural?
1: That doesn't count.
0: Come, what? Come on, man. It's not a superhero show. I don't care. It's <laughs> said the CW. Yeah.
1: It wasn't on the list that I was reading. So. <laughs> and then the big piece of TV news is that uh, Southern Bastards has been picked up by FX as a TV series.
0: Holy crap.
1: <laughs> did you know about that, Colin?
2: I did. Uh, I didn't know until this weekend. I, I missed the announcement, um, but, uh, but I found out about it over the weekend. So, yeah, it's super exciting.
1: I've been loving Southern Bastion since the beginning, but this most recent issue was just great. Uh, you know, it was the first issue of the new arc with the cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to this on TV. I think this is a series that translates amazingly to television. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: Sure it's not too, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, there is the scene with Earl getting, uh, you know, beaten to death and stuff like that. There's definitely some brutal, violent moments in the series.
0: but You said FX? It's FX. Yeah. I mean, they did
1: The Shield. It's it's not impossible for them to do some brutal stuff on on FX. The Shield was great. Yeah, they had some moments. (laughs) So, okay, cool. Hey, you know, I'm excited. I'm I'm happy for that. Me too. All right, so moving on to movies. Okay. Uh, It was confirmed this week that Janet Van Dyne is going to be in the Ant-Man movie. Okay. So we're going to see The Wasp. Nice. Which I think is cool, but they haven't announced who is playing the character yet. I can't wait for it, man. I'm hoping it's not Beyonce.
0: Oh, (laughs) Oh, come on. How do you feel about that, Colin? <laughs> I
2: thought uh, I thought Evangeline Lilly was was Janet Van Dyne, so I'm all messed up. Then I didn't I know not, very little about the movie other than uh, you know what I saw on the you know the one preview I saw, and I just kind of always assumed that uh, Evangeline Lilly was the was the Janet Van Dyne character. So she's, uh, she's uh, playing. I'm surprised.
1: Uh, she's playing the daughter of Janet and uh, Hank. Oh,
2: okay. So yeah, maybe she's the wasp.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I
2: don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see.
1: Uh, the big news, though, for this week is that Tom Holland has been cast as Spider-Man. Who's that guy? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I saw that. I bet I, saw, like, I was going to look him up. Like, who is this dude? His
1: big acting credit is that he was in a movie called The Impossible. Uh, he's 19 years old. He's from England. Uh, I mean, they wanted a young Spider-Man, and, and I guess he, he did a, a screen test with Robert Downey and Chris Evans, uh-huh. and they liked him. So I guess he's going to fit. And okay. they said that Spider-Man's going to have his own standalone movie in 2017 and this this is also confirmed that he's going to be in Captain America 3. Sweet. So Spider-Man's going to be in Civil War. All right. I should be. I, I think the I think the movie needs him. Yes. You know, they've have, they haven't done anything with Black Panther yet. There was the talk that maybe Black Panther was going to be taking over the role of Spider-Man in the Civil War storyline, uh-huh. but uh, you know, they haven't really announced much about what they're doing with Black Panther either. So they need some character to play that central role, and I think having Spider-Man cast and ready to go is, is a good thing. But don't you know The
0: Rock wants to be the Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's playing Shazam.
0: <laughs> He's trying to cross over everywhere.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of, of crossovers, <laughs> uh, there's a rumor that came out today that the next Green Lantern movie is not going to be a standalone Green Lantern movie. It's going to be Green Lantern core. Okay. And that is going to feature not only Hal, but also John and Guy.
0: Interesting. Do we know who's going to play who?
1: Uh, there's also a rumor that Chris Pine is in talks to play Hal.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I can see that. I actually think that's a pretty good casting choice. If it's gonna play guy, they haven't, you know, this is all rumor. None okay. of this has been confirmed or anything, but some of the, the same sources that have been correct in the past have been leaking these rumors. So, uh, take that for what you will. <laughs> okay. Wow. So
0: stop spreading rumors on this show. Well,
1: I'm calling it what it is. I'm not saying it's legit until we know for sure. But then you'll be like, "It's legit." <laughs> I thought it was interesting, so I thought I'd bring it up. Okay, and that's pretty much it. There's not
0: much news this week, huh? Okay, not bad.
1: <laughs> so uh, I just want to remind everybody: uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/comicalpodcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at @comicalpodcast.
0: I'm at Comical Podcast too.
1: And if you'd like to follow Cullen, you can find him at, at Cullen Bun. And uh, don't forget to listen to the show on some of our networks where you can find us on nerdbong.com, wickedradionetwork.com, beyondthedawnradio.com, and lightningradio.com, where we air every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, that's pretty much it. So, Colin, you want to close out the show? (laughs) Keep on laughing, bitches. Perfect.